0: Good morning again. Happy New Year. We, uh, as I have mentioned over the past couple of weeks, we did our Christmas message last Sunday. We're doing a New Year's message today, and then we'll be diving back into Romans, starting with Romans uh, chapter 14 next Sunday. And so I hope you had a blessed New Year. Um, a lot of people say uh, New Year, New You, and that's a... Uh, a big common uh, thing, especially this year. And so a lot of different things that I've been hearing and seeing over the past uh, even couple of weeks is just, uh, you know, we thought 2020 was bad and then came along 2021 um, and then proved us wrong. And so everyone's looking forward to 2022, which is here now. And uh, we're all hoping and praying for the best. And so it's something that um, I know through not only conversations, but through different things that I've read and, and seen, um, this is a, a big hope that a lot of us have. And so, but one of the things that I want us to do is to really look at this new year and not only, um, look at the new year, but I want us to reflect a little bit on this past year, 2021. And I know some of us want to move on and not really reflect on it. I, and I, am one of those, but Those that know me, I I, I like to reflect. I like to reflect on not only my day, situations, conversations, um, but also last year, going into the new year. Why? Because I I truly believe as we reflect on things past, it affects our things present and future. Why? Because then we learn. We learn from our past, whether good or bad, um, whether encouraging or discouraging, whether shortcomings, or, or um, living in step with God, whether it's unrighteousness or righteousness, um, we learn from our past, and it greatly affects our present and our future. And so I want us to do that. I want us to reflect on 2021, but it's something that you kind of do on your own. I'm not going to sit here and go through a big list of things that happened in 2021 or things in my life or things in the church or so on and so forth. But I just want us to, on our own, kind of think and process, wow, what happened in 2021? How did it go? What were the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak? And uh, reflect, have some reflection on last year. Was it something that was encouraging, discouraging? How about the year as a whole? Was it a a rough year, a good year, a bad year, a troubling year, a trying year, a year that uh, really became something um, that you learned a lot from. Or maybe it's a year that you wish uh, didn't happen, uh, a year that uh, you know, you're know you ready to not even talk about it anymore. Uh, you've been writing 2022 on your, your dates, on your checks, on whatever it may be, uh, early because you're... Um, that motivated to, to, to be rid of 2021. And so whatever your lat, whatever last year looked to you, that's okay. But we need to ask the question, what can we learn? What can we learn from last year? And I hope we all take a moment, whether it's this morning, later today, during this week, and reflect a little bit on last year. Now, if you remember, uh, or if you listened to or heard my message from last week, and we talked about Christ and, and the, the miracle of that and the prophecy of the coming child, the Messiah, the Savior, and uh, how uh, Christmas was a time that we have, you know, essentially designated to celebrate his birth. And one of the questions I asked was, why do we receive gifts on someone, else, someone else's birthday? Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting on Christmas, we love to receive gifts on the celebration of the birth of Christ? One of the things I want us to process and to be challenged throughout the message this morning is, what are we giving to God this year, what are we giving to Him? Now, I am not a New Year's resolution person. Why? Because New Year's resolution essentially equates to New Year's disappointment. We love to make New Year's resolutions, and by the time you know uh, President's Day comes, we've already broken our New Year's resolutions. We've already failed, and we set these lofty uh goals these lofty visions of what 2022 is going to look like of what the new year is going to look like and i'm going to lose weight and i'm going to read my bible more and i'm going to pray more and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and we make all of these these promises in a sense and we have this um, kind of wonderful vision of just amazingness that's going to happen going into the new year And a lot of times they're lofty, a lot of times they're unattainable, a lot of times they're um, not very practical in a way, and we fail and we get discouraged, and a lot of times we kind of revert back to our old ways or even worse. And so I don't like to do New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big fan of that. If you do, that's fine. That's your personal preference. But my preference is not. My preference is, what am I going to give to the Lord this year? Because to me, that that that's more motivation, that's uh, more accountability, that's more of a covenant in a sense between me and the Lord that I'm going to do this or that, and that's is I'm going to work towards these things ultimately to be more like Christ overall. And it's something that is not a discouragement at all. It's something that it can be constantly encouraging me, constantly seeing in the scriptures that I read in the time of prayer or the time of fellowship with other believers. But I want us to really take a moment and think about this. How do you envision this new year? How do you envision this new year? We can look back on the years past, think about the, New Year's resolutions or the envisions that we've had of how we want the year to be and so on and so forth and look at January and then look at December of the same year. How do they line up? How do they match? Were their prayers answered, unanswered? Goals met, unmet? How do you envision this new year? I want to encourage you this morning, and actually that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at. There are three main, um, I guess, main, not topics, but main things that I want to, to, to give to you this morning through Scripture. And hopefully to help you with your your, your goals or um, what you, you you set to give to the Lord this year on how you may envision this new year. I'm going to give them to you already. I'm going to give you the three things, and then we're going to go through some passages for each one and kind of encompass that and kind of bring it all to, uh, together. But one, I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged this new year. Two, I want you to be renewed. Be renewed this new year. And three, I want you to be sacrificial, sacrificial this new year. So let's get into the first one, and yes, we will be starting in Isaiah 40. Um, This is kind of the first passage we'll be looking at. It's not going to be our overall uh, passage where I'm preaching through. It's going to be several passages. Um, Like I said, this is a bit different from normal uh, preaching, and I know you understand that, and I just wanted to point it out. But we will be starting in Isaiah chapter 40 under the topic of be encouraged. Be encouraged. Before we dive into that, let me pray. Then we will get into our text this morning. Lord God, thank you for all you've given us. Thank you for our time. And Lord, no matter of what last year looked like, we praise you for all that we've been given. All that we have from last year. And we look forward to this new year. May it be a year that we rejoice in your grace and mercy more than ever. May it be a year that we proclaim your name more than ever. May it be a year that we submit to you more than ever. And it is amazing to see how you continue to be faithful to us day in and day out. So bless us this time. May your words speak true into our hearts, our minds. Use the Holy Spirit to convict us and counsel us. And may this message be of you and no one else. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 28. Some of you are familiar with this passage. um, And I hope it, it resonates with you as much as it has with me. I know we were in Isaiah Uh, last week as well, but um, here in chapter 40, starting in verse 28, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We see the prophet here, he's looking to encourage and comfort Israel to help them understand they need to trust in the Lord and through this trust and the reliance and hope in the Lord and the Lord alone, that what? Their coming deliverance from captivity will be brought to them to not lose hope. Chapter 40 reminds them, the whole chapter in Isaiah, reminds them of God's sovereignty and how much he loves them. I've used this Isaiah 40 a few times and it talks about how God is a creator of all things. He is sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. We see how God has ordained all things. And he's like, have hope. Understand, he's not left you. He is there. Be encouraged. And those who have their hope have their reliance have their trust in the Lord will not grow weary will not grow faint and they will soar if any people of Israel are discouraged and wonder if God is still still cares about them if God is still there the prophet here is reminding them to realize who He is. And that has not changed. They need to be assured. They need to be renewed. And they need to be encouraged. We see in Isaiah 40 here in this, in this passage, verse 28 through 31, of not only a reminder, but a proclamation A charge, an understanding that those who do not rely on the Lord will grow weary, will grow faint. It doesn't matter the age, it matters the standing before God. And those who stand before God as believers, as Christians, should be encouraged should, as the scripture tells us, to take heart. And so I hope that through this, we can see, as we begin to move on, we're going to look at another passage here in just a moment, but we can see how encouraging this must be. Through all the different things that the Israelites have been through, through the Jews have been through, through different captivities, through the Babylonian invasion and raids and and all these different things we can we've we've been through some of them recently and and what has gone on even to what we've been seeing in Romans recently right with Nero and in and through all this we continue to hear the same message take heart be encouraged do not grow weary stand strong in the lord not in our own understanding our own accomplishments what we can and can't do what we can and cannot handle and see a lot of times this is where the discouragement comes in because we rely on earthly things we rely on our flesh we rely on our own earthly knowledge and when that fails us we get discouraged And the scriptures tell us to not do that, to rely on Him and Him alone. Turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. No matter what happens to us in this world, we need to keep our gaze on Jesus. No matter the affliction, no matter the hardship, we do not lose heart. It's essentially having an understanding that there's the outer self and the inner self. There's the flesh and the spirit. There are things of the world and things of God. Things of the world are fleeting. They're they're ever um, out of our grasp. We can never maintain them. We can never keep them. We're not taking them with us to heaven. But the things of the Lord, the things of God, the things that are of His will, those are the attainable things. Those are the things waiting for us in heaven. Those are the things that we should be focused on. Those are the things that we should be having what? A heavenly mindset. And understanding. And why? Why is that? Because as we look at this world and we look at the things that are fleeting, we look at the things that are wasting away. We get discouraged. Why? Why? Why is this happening? Why? I know it's simple for us to sit back and say, well, because of sin, because of sin in the world and those that don't know Jesus, those that are apart from God, and this is why. But we still get discouraged. We still get depressed. We still get frustrated, maybe angry, upset. And the thing is, is this is the outer self. This is the things of the world. Now, I'm not saying God does not want us to get upset at injustice, that God does not want us to be upset at sin and these different things, but what are we focused on? Are we focused on the things of the world, the flesh, or the things of God? What awaits us in heaven is beyond our comprehension, and a lot of times beyond our view. But this is what is called a heavenly hope, a biblical hope. One of the things that we must understand that if we under we and I and I preached on this this was part of a message uh, several weeks ago. When we read hope and it's a biblical hope and our hope is in Jesus, this isn't like, well, I hope it happens. A biblical hope, a heavenly hope is I know it's going to happen. It has not happened yet. It is a promise that is going to come. When we have a worldly hope, a worldly hope is well I hope this happens. It's almost like a wish. When it comes to things of scripture, when it comes to spiritual things, a hope is not something we we wish happens. It's something we know is going to happen. It's just not yet to come. So we should what? Rejoice in that. We should be encouraged in that. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in glory. Our hope is that God is in control. It's not, well, I wish He is. It's like, no, I know He's in control. I know Jesus will return again. I know I will be in glory someday. Be encouraged. Why? Because we should be focused on the spiritual things. Not worldly things. Not the flesh. No matter what happens to us in this world. We should be rejoicing. We should be encouraged. Why? Because our hope. Is in Christ. Is in glory. Be encouraged. Next we're going to look at being renewed. So be encouraged. Now be renewed. Be renewed. A lot of times we can go through life, we can go through scripture, we can go through church, we can go through um, fellowship or having godly conversations, spiritual conversations, scripture conversations with others, and we can be encouraged. But it's another to be renewed. To be renewed. Before we jump into... To, to some of my, my notes in this passage. To be renewed, I want you to have an understanding of what, to get a picture of what that means, right? To be renewed. To be refreshed. It's almost like we're, you know, we're trying to get to, to a, a, a page on the internet and it's frozen and it's like we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. It's like, okay, let me, let me refresh it right? And then all of a sudden, it just like, poof, it's there. It's like the, the, our computer got stuck for a moment, or our uh, electronic device got stuck for a moment, and and we're like waiting for that renewing, right? But until we hit that button, it doesn't refresh. It doesn't actually pop up. It's not there. It's like we hit that re- refresh button, right, on the website, and then it it's all comes kind of like, okay, there it is. In a sense, it's a way that to where we are to be renewed, to be refreshed, to almost it's to have that understanding of being transformed. It's like, wait a second, I'm a new being in Christ. Wait a second, I, I, I have been transformed because of Christ. This is being renewed. And it's not that you're being saved over and over and over again. But in a sense, it's it's your mind, and it starts with the mind most of the times. That it's like, oh, I am a new being. Oh, I am a new creation. Oh, I am a child of God. And a lot of times, our conversations, our time at church, our fellowship, reading the Bible and prayer, whatever it may be, we're encouraged, but we're not renewed. We must be renewed. We must be. Turn me to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse seventeen. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having a put-away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We must be renewed. The constantly putting off of the old self. We must stop walking as sinners walk. We must stop doing as sinners do. We are no longer ignorant of the things that honor God and unrighteousness. Why? Because we have learned Christ. We have learned Christ. We've been taught. That's why it's so important for us to gather. It's so important for us to hear preaching and teaching of God's word, exhortation, exhortation, Of God's Word is so important. It's so important for us to to be in our Bibles, to read Scripture, to pray. It's so important for us to, to come together and have discipleship. It's so important for us to come together, have fellowship. Koinonia is so important for us to come together and have Bible studies. Why? So we can be renewed. We can put off the old self. We must put off our old self each and every day. We must be Christ-like. Why? Because of our love, out of our love for Him. A lot of times we come and we approach New Year's by saying, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Each day we get up and we aim to achieve these things. But our approach is out of a discipline to just do good, to just do what I'm supposed to do. And essentially we become what? We become slaves to a list and not slaves to righteousness. We become slaves to just like, okay, I have to do this because that's what I'm supposed to do. That mindset will fail you because that mindset is based on you based on you, your efforts, your efforts, your flesh. It's not based on, I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to do my best to honor God. If you have a list, great, you have a list, but you get up in the morning and you aim at that list because you love God. This is why. This is why. I get up in the morning and I come to church on Sundays because I love God. I read my Bible because I love God. I pray because I love God. I come and I serve the church because I love God. I give to the church because I love God. I help others because I love God. Not because I'm a good person. What does the scriptures tell us? Apart from Christ, no one is good. It's interesting because uh, it's not interesting I I um, I try to listen to a lot of different sermons and different things, not not necessarily what I'm preaching on, just throughout the week, um, and even on my social media feeds. I have a few different pastors that I follow, and I and I constantly get things. and One of the things that I've been seeing since uh, um, c- approaching Christmas to the new year. Um, On uh, Grace Community Church from John MacArthur is um, this is the most offensive book ever written it's the most offensive book ever written why? because it's not of the world it's not of the world and it challenges us, it confronts us it says hey you are not supposed to be like the world. You're not supposed to be like this. You're not supposed to be like that. And this is how you should be. And this is what, and it's like, why? Because you love God. Because you love God. A lot of times we need to have the understanding of when we respond to people, like, why do you do that? Well, the Bible tells me to. Okay, yes, but why are you submitting to the scriptures? Because I love God. Why do you do this? Because I love God and God tells me in his word, this. We have to have the understanding that we need to put off our old self. If we've truly been reborn, if we truly are a new being, a new creation. Renewal is something we should aim for daily, daily. This is a concept that it took me many years and studying Scripture to really process and to not only comprehend, but to embrace it in a way that's not worldly, but in a way that's godly. I don't do these things because I have to. I do these things because I want to. Because I want to. Do we understand that? Is that something that we can really process? Is that something that we have as part of our filtration as we approach doing the things that God calls us to do? Have you been renewed? We must strive for righteousness and holiness daily. We must strive for it daily. How? Turn with me to Colossians 3. Colossians three. Colossians chapter three, starting in verse five. This is how. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And we can stop right there and we can take that's just a part of verse five. We can take that and we can just try to live that out this year. We can just try to live that out this year. I want to be renewed. How can I be renewed daily? Well, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. We can take that and say, for 2022, I'm going to live this out to my fullest potential in Christ because I love Him and we could be doing a great thing. It's amazing how we can just take even a part of a verse and how transforming just a part of one verse can be for our lives. Let me continue on. Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. We go through a list, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. It says all. Put them all away. It's like, wait a second. There's, a, there's more. Anger wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, with its practices. Now, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to get to verse 10 in just a minute. But so many times people believe that, okay, I, I'm a new being, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. So now I, I go to church, I go to Bible study, And I read my Bible, I pray, and they have this understanding that, okay, that's putting off my old self. I do Christian things. But there's all this in between. That's my time. We separate, for some reason, the flesh and the spirit, and this is not a new concept. They did that, and we see that in Scripture. People struggled with this from the beginning of time. Well, I give God this time, and then I have my time. I need to have balance. It's a lie. It's not biblical. When people talk about balance, they need to talk about biblical balance, scriptural balance, spiritual balance, not balance between flesh and spirit. It's not the balance of the scriptures. We have to understand it. It says here it puts off all practices all these things it says practices don't do them anymore this is part of the old self verse 10 and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after who the image of its creator So as we put off the old self, we put on the new self. The renewal is that of God. That's what i saying. Be like Christ. What would Jesus do? This is what it means to what? Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Be renewed. We must put to death the flesh. We must put to death our old self. We must put it to death once and for all. A lot of us, what we love to do is drag that corpse behind us. Let me take off my old self, put it to death, put on my new self, and let me live and as I, as I live and I go to walk away, I'm dragging that old self right behind me. I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. And I'm right there with you. Sometimes I'm living life. I'm like, man, what is that smell? And it's my old self being drugged right behind me. There are things in our lives that we have not fully let go of Sin, our old self, our old ways, our old habits, whatever it may be, there are things that we are continuing to drag behind us, and it's a dead, smelly corpse, and it's something we need to put it away. We need to get rid of it. We need to be completely renewed. We need to have nothing to do with sin. We need to put off the old self and put on the new and be renewed. This is renewal be encouraged, be renewed, live sacrificial, live sacrificial. Turn me to Titus chapter 3, Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 starting in verse 4 <clears throat> says this but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our savior appeared he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness but according to his own mercy by the washing of of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Be encouraged, be renewed. Verse 7, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you To insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Be encouraged, be renewed, live sacrificial. So it's here, it's reminding us, right? Grace, mercy, our salvation being a new being, being a new creation, right? In and through Jesus Christ. Why? So that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. Why do we devote ourselves to good works? Because we are a new being. We're a new creation because we love God. We now belong to him. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to righteousness. Why am I a slave to righteousness? Because of my love for God. I've been bought for a price. Amen. Praise Him. We must put to death the flesh. We must see this. And so we can live sacrificial. For what we have in Christ is unearned, undeserved. He owes us nothing but gave us everything. And a lot of times I believe we forget that. We lose sight of that. We become complacent with that understanding. We are now heirs because of Jesus. Because of his grace, his mercy, his sacrifice. We are heirs of glory, of heaven. We are called to be devoted to him. We are called to be devoted to righteousness. And who is this for? This is for all Believers, all believers, we must understand the price that has been paid. And this is why we live, or I guess I should say, this is why we should live the way the scriptures call us to live. And that's sacrificially. That's sacrificially. Thing is, I think we have a watered down worldview of what sacrifice truly is. When's the last time we truly made a sacrifice? We sacrificed, truly, for God. One of the things that I try to hold true to as much as I possibly can is I never serve God out of convenience. I never serve Him out of convenience. I can't. Now that doesn't mean we need to make things hard when they don't need to be hard or they don't need to be difficult. But if I'm always looking for the easiest road to serve God, I forget the road that he traveled himself. Carrying the cross that he would ultimately hang on. Did he have it easy? Did he take the easy road? The easy path? To be the sacrifice for our sins. Our atonement for our sins. So why do I look for the easy path? The easy road? The convenience. A lot of times we don't like inconveniences. We like things to go according to plan. We don't like to give up certain things. Time is a big part of that. But we must understand that we are called to be devoted to him, to righteousness. Why? Because we love him. Because we love him. Turn me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Remind them of these things. And charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead to People into more and more ungodliness and their walk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Herminianus and Philetus who have swerved from the truth saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. We must understand that we must do our best in and through Christ to present ourselves as holy and pleasing to Him. We must live in a way that is truly a sacrifice for the Lord. We must. We must. When's the last time you sacrificed something for him? And this is usually how it goes. It's usually time. Sacrifice time. But is it truly a sacrifice? What did you give up? What did you do more? And see, again, it's not about works. It's not about these things. Because we love Him. We do it because we love Him. We do it because we see the call on our lives and what has been sacrificed for us because we love Him. When's the last time we sacrificed time? Or when's the last time we sacrificed treasure? Possessions? Finances. When is the last time we sacrificed one of those things? What about our talents? The gifts that God has given us. When's the last time we sacrificed those? To serve him. To serve the church. Why? Because we love him. Because we love him. not because there is an announcement. It's not because we there's this or that. It's because we love him. We must live sacrificially. We must be reminded of these things. We must avoid the things that pull us away from truly serving him, serving others. We must live sacrificially. There are things that weigh heavy on my heart, that I know the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do, and in the in a particular moment i may I may try to silence that or I may ignore it or I may like make an excuse, but it weighs on me. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I submit to the Holy Spirit? Why didn't I serve? why didn't I you know what I, I was going to be late for a meeting well why why is that more important than submitting? to a prompting by the Holy Spirit, to just approach somebody, just to talk somebody, to ju- buy somebody a cup of coffee or a meal, be a friend. Those are some areas that I, n- I know personally for myself, I need to live more sacrificially, Not to neglect others, not to neglect my family, not to neglect my wife or or other responsibilities, but to... Hold God in a higher regard. Live sacrificially. Time, our treasure, our talents. Live sacrificially. Why? Because we are called to live this way. Turn me to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're called to do this This is not something new. This is something we're actually called to do. And how are we called to do it? Holy and acceptable to God. So we are to be a sacrifice. We're to be sacrificial in a way that's holy and pleasing to God, not to others. Not so we get pats on the back. Not that we get awards or certificates or these things. This is not why we do these things. And we do them so many times to please others. Oh, I better better show up because Pastor Raph's going to wonder why I didn't show up. Then you have the wrong understanding of my desire for you to want to show up to a Bible study, to a time of prayer, to church. Why? Because if that's your motivation, if that's your thinking, then you're trying to live sacrificially for a person, and a person will always fail you. And that mentality will always fail yourself. But if our understanding is, wow, I I need to live sacrificially. I don't want to go to church, but I need to go because I love God and I need to live sacrificially for Him. But I'm really tired. I need to sacrifice. But I'm really busy. I need to sacrifice. But I don't want to. I need to sacrifice. Why? Because I love God. Not because of what others will think. Because I love God. Holy and pleasing to God. Not holy and pleasing to your neighbor. Not holy and pleasing to someone at church. Not holy and pleasing to your friends or whoever it may be. Holy and pleasing to God. This is why we need to be a living sacrifice. The only reason why. And it says here, which is your spiritual worship? This is how, this is a spiritual act of worship. We think that we come and we sing songs to God as our only act of worship to Him. We have a small understanding then of our worship to God. Our lives should be a living worship to God. How we act, how we spend our time, how we use our gifts, our resources. These are all acts of worship to God. All acts of worship to God. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do we truly see how sacrificial living is a call for us to be in constant worship of God? constant worship to God. Not just singing songs everywhere I go. I have music playing. But how we live our lives. So this year, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be renewed. And I pray that you would be sacrificial. That you would be sacrificial. So how? Be in the Word. Be in the Word as much as you possibly can. On your own, with others, be in the Word. Be in prayer. Be in prayer as much as you can. Yes, while you're driving, don't close your eyes. Be in prayer. Be in prayer on your own, with others. Number three, live it out. Live it out. These walk hand in hand with being encouraged, being renewed, and being sacrificial. Be in the word, be in prayer, live it out. Head, heart, walk. It's so simple. So what are you giving to the Lord this year? What are you giving to him this year? I pray that this year would be one that honors him. And that's something that's really convicted me. How? Well, it's convicted me in the way that as I look at 2021 and then I look to 2022 and I was like, wow, I hope 2022, 2022 is better. And I was like, that's a very worldly view that I have. And instead, I look at 2022 and I say, I hope this year I honor the Lord more than I did the previous year. My prayer is that I honor the Lord more this new year more than I did the year before. Doesn't matter if it's a a rough year, a bad year, a failing year, whatever it may be. I just pray through this year that I would honor God more than I did the year before. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for all that you've given us and thank you for our time together. I pray that everyone here is encouraged, renewed, I pray that your word would continue to be pressed upon our hearts. That our convictions come through your word and the Holy Spirit and not my words, my flesh. Now we all know we can, we can all do better. But the question is, do we want to? And if we do, what is the desire? What is the motivation for us to want to do better? May that desire come from our love for you and nothing else. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.